the restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails Podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply. What's going on, guys? How are you? And welcome back to the Paper Trails Podcast, Season 2, Episode 17. I'm your host, Nick Calgar Mitros, uh, and I'm super pumped to have Lindsay Anvik. Anvik? Thank you. Yep. Lindsay Anvik with Babe and Butcher here in Charlotte, North Carolina. As you can tell, right, um, we are super pumped to have her on the show to talk about her business, her background, um, how charcuterie boards have evolved over the years. And um, if you guys have not checked them out, you got to follow them. Check out, you know, they have absolutely phenomenal work. Um, you know, they they we they just came into a new retail location mm -hmm. uh camp north end it's um what would you call camp north end like uh, it's a collaborative you know retail food art um space venue, basically yeah. yeah venue basically that you know houses a bunch of different pockets of creativity across a bunch of different you know super industries. nice i mean i'm sure it's my first time here actually but i'm sure that weekends you guys are just you know, um, you know, everybody's down here. Young Sharp professionals are here. I mean, there's there's food restaurants. Yep, live music, all kinds of events. Yeah, so check them out. But uh, Lindsay, super pumped to have you. Thanks for for hopping on the show and the podcast. Um, Thank you. Why don't we talk a little bit about you know pre Babe and Butcher? Okay. <laughs> where are you from? Give us a little context. You know, one of the things that I really enjoy doing, Lindsay, is. Um, you know, people probably know you, follow you guys, have probably ordered from you or, you know, have seen your work. Um, but I love telling the backstory. Like, yeah. how, how did you get here? How did this idea, <laughs> how did this concept come together? You know, um, you know we, we spoke a little off camera about, you know, just how you were just doing it for friends. And then, you know, they were like, hey, like, you know, you're actually pretty good at this. And so, um, and so I, I love the backstory because it gives us context of, you know, behind the restaurant, behind the business, how, how, does, how does things evolve? You know, right. how, how do things actually become a company where you can do something full time? Because, you know, our audience is entrepreneurs, business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, maybe some intrapreneurs where right. they're working within an organization and they want to help the entrepreneur, you know, the, the number one build their company um, and thus they grow within the, the organization. Right. And so, um, so anyway, super, super pumped to have you. Thank you for having me. And um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, how, how did everything progress to here? So where are you from? You from this area or Got no? it. No, I mean, I was born in Colorado, but I lived mostly on the East Coast, okay. right outside the city. After college, I moved to New York City for 15 years. That's where I started my career, okay. which had nothing to do with food. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, my first job was working with um, Shady Records, so Eminem and 50 Cent. Um, wow. And so I worked with them for a few years. Is that what you studied? No, like no, no. Okay. Um, and so I was with them kind of at the height of the Shady LP. So it was sort of the peak of their careers. Um, so it was a really great learning experience because we were all kind of thrown into this craziness. Um, so I learned a lot about marketing and promotion and things, events, things like that through them. Okay. Then I moved on to work for a movie producer um, and then a digital distributor. 
Um, this so, is all in New York? All in New York, yep. Okay. Um, so, you know, what they did was um, sold independent films to uh, big movie studios. So, like, we were doing deals for um, Little Miss Sunshine, Napoleon Dynamite, movies like that where it would be independently made and then sold. So okay. from there, I learned about negotiations, um, learned about contracts, learned about also promotion of something that's kind of obscure and unknown and how to take something that no one really cares about and make it some interesting. Okay. Um, then I evolved into kind of the digital world and online, you know, worked at a startup for a little while um, and then started my own marketing company. And when did you start your own marketing company? What year is that? That was about 10 years ago. Okay. So... 2011, 10, yeah. 11? Mm -hmm. Cool. So yeah. how, did, how, did, how did that transition happen from working for somebody else? Did you know you wanted to start your own business? Um, was that kind of in the back of your mind? Like what, what led to even thinking or starting your own business? Well, I'm uh, from a you know sort of background of serial entrepreneurs. You know, my, my dad was, my mom was, they all worked in corporate America and then transitioned out. So I, it made sense that I would follow suit. Okay. Um, and I worked for some, I worked for a great PR agency and marketing agency and I loved it, but um, wanted to do my own thing. I found a lot of value in helping businesses on a one-to-one -one level. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was, I was in a cubicle and although I was making great money and, um, you know, the, the office was gray and the floor was gray and I, I felt like I was in a machine. Um, and I kind of wanted to break out, so um, I did. Which I think is what a lot of people feel sometimes when they're in corporate. Yeah. I, yeah. I just recently talked to, you know, I graduated high school in 04, college in 08, so 35. And so a lot of my friends now that I'm talking to from high school that, you know, I went traditional business route at 21, 22, started the, the paper company. So I've had that for 12, 13 years, but a lot of them didn't and they right. are corporate. And now they're like, man, like, I'm kind of topped out, like I'm not super happy, like right. you know, I'd love to do something else. And they're looking at a lot of different things. Right, right, you know? right. Um, so that's so interesting. What, you know, do you see that happening a lot? I mean, I, I've, I guess I've never worked in corporate, so right. I don't know, but does that happen a lot? I think it does. I, and I think that's why the, there's been some evolution in culture in companies because people want more work-life balance or they want to have the ability to create new things or do something outside of their you know, normal nine to five. And I think companies have realized that they're going to lose people if they don't have better vacation time, have you know, more opportunities for creation and innovation within their company or else people are going to get bored or mm. feel stuck and, and want to leave and do their own thing. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so um, what did you learn from your parents owning businesses? Anything that stand out to you as like a kid or a child, like seeing your parents have a business, work ethic, right? Um, dedication, research, I don't know, anything that stands out to you? I'm just curious now. Um, both of them incredibly hard workers, so that's been instilled with me for a long time. As yeah. soon as I could work, I was working um, and liked it. Um, and I always found they did something a little outside of the box. You know, my mom was with a real estate agent company for a long time, then broke out and did her own real estate agency. But her twist on her business was that she, most people were having to pay 4% to a real estate company of their sale. And uh -huh. she said, well, I'll only take 2%. Well, at her former job, she was only getting one and a half. So she's actually going to be making more than she was before. But the value was for her and the customer. The customer has to pay 2% less. They get to keep that. But she gets to keep half a percent more per sale. So they did things like that, which was like, how can we be different? How can we change 
what's happening um, that everyone expects and do something out of the box. I love that. Yeah, my uh, my parents, you know, or my dad started restaurants. My mom helped out, and you know, work ethic for sure. I, I got from them as well. I mean, it was, you know, now the restaurants are only open dinner. We still operate uh, three of them. Yeah. What um, kind of food? Seafood. Seafood. Like okay. Calabash style seafood. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, you know, but in the '80s and '90s, it was lunch and dinner, and so I remember just. And then even as a kid, high school, I mean, every Friday and Saturday, I think I literally, Lindsay, probably have seen three football games in my high school, in the four years I was in high school. Wow. It was just, because every Friday we worked. Right, I yeah. Mean, that, that's the restaurant. Yeah, I mean, of course. And I, I remember, like, having, because all my friends were there, <laughs> and I remember having clothes with me. Like, you know, this is 2000, 2004, so I remember having, like, you know, cargo khakis <laughs> or shorts and my Abercrombie and Fitch t-shirt and I'd have it in my car, spray some Axe and then I'd, 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 go, to the, I'd go to the game because I wanted to catch like the fourth quarter, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, but I mean, listen, th those lessons are, you know, just irreplaceable, so. Yeah. Um, okay, so started your own company. Yep. How did that go? What was the first year like? Was it hard? Was it simple? Did, I mean, give, give us a little context, you know, because there, there may be people that want to start a landscape company right. or a catering company right, or right. a roofing company or they're in construction and they're like, dang, you know what? Like, I'd love to, because and then, and then it, here's the other flip side of it. Having a business is more than just the, the job. Right. Like, yeah. you could be a good roofer, right. but not own a good, a, you know, an actual successful a roofing company. Right. Or you're gonna make a nice pie. Yes. But so there is other things to think about if For you sure. are thinking about doing your own thing and 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 because the last I mean I the one thing sometimes that I um, that breaks my heart is seeing somebody save up ninety four thousand right. dollars and then start a business and right. not do due diligence or research or just really have proper context and in eighteen months it's gone. Right. Right. It's right. Just, yeah. I'm just like, you know, so uh, what did you learn first year, first five, having your own company versus working for somebody? Right. Give us, give us, give us some, some insight there. Yeah. I mean, I think most people that want to start at their own business have that talent, you know, or that passion for whatever it is they're doing. Okay. But the other business skills, if they don't have some of those things, they need to outsource them. Yes. So, you know, me accounting numbers, like dealing with invoice, I hated that part of it. So as soon as I could afford to, I gave it away because I knew that I would either give all my services away for free or I wouldn't charge the right amount. I wouldn't, you know, and I was good at what I was doing, but yeah. I wasn't good at that part of it. And so over time, I've learned to have some appreciation for it. I know yeah. it a lot better than I did then, yeah. but I think that's a critical point. So if you aren't good at marketing, find someone who can help you at marketing. It's good. Um, you know, and then f you can focus on roofing and they can focus on promoting your roofing business. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that is critical to have, to know what your weaknesses are. Um, so the first year, um, I didn't realize that I knew I had to get myself out there. So I decided to try a speaking gig um, and they didn't want to hire me because, you know, it's New York and I'm nobody. And um, okay, so you're still in New York. Still in New York. Yep. You know, no one knows who I am, of course, you know, and uh, um they were like, well, why should we hire you? And, you know, um, people are paying to come and what if they have an, a bad experience? And yeah. I said, well, if I get anything less than five star reviews, I will pay for everyone's ticket. So you will make up that, that money. 
Um, and so, so you you bet on yourself. I bet on myself. I, I put it all out there, and I was like, but it, it made me be like, this has to be the best thing I've ever done, right? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I was scary, obviously, because after I got off the phone, I was like, oh wow, okay, that's that's promising a lot for someone who'd never done a speaking engagement, someone who's super shy in person, like. I am the one at a cocktail party that's in the corner. Like I am not the life of the party. Um, so that was a lot, but I, I, I knew I had to give it my all and it went great. Um, and then they hired me back two or three times a year for the entire time that I had my business. Nice. Um, and then it just grew from there, more speaking engagements, which led to more consulting and you know, it all kind of fed into one another. Okay, here's a question. So, so you said you had never done a speaking engagement right. before that very first one. Right, right. Um, did you think, you know, and I, I have a kind of thought where I want to take this, but did you think you were ready like before you made that first call or you were just like, you know what, I have to do something. Like I, I have to just. You had to do something because I'd quit my job I had savings, but there's only so much savings 100%. that you have, you yeah. know? I'd spent money on a website, I'd spent money on a bunch of other things to brand myself. Well, now I needed to make money. Yeah. And so I, ha I, knew I just had to do it. You I, know, you I, gotta start. I, uh, I just did a little uh, short clip that we put out on our social media about um, just analysis paralysis. A lot of times I think people just analyze something so much that they're literally just paralyzed in right. fear. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm not saying don't do due diligence. I'm not saying be irresponsible. But at some point, right. you have to just start. Right. Make a cold call, yeah. pick up the phone, try, fail, ask. Of course. You have to like, yeah. because like you're, n you're never gonna be 100% ready or never. comfortable or it, it, it just, it doesn't work. For sure. So, you And know. I think that um, people, um, if you're gonna be good at business, you have to be a decision maker. And sometimes you make the wrong decision, but yeah. at least you made it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because if you, like you said, if you wait too long, you miss the opportunity to make money. You may miss the boat to have made the right decision. You know, yeah. like you have to just do it and then learn from it in hindsight, which I think happens all the time with all of us. Yeah, I think I remember reading in a book. I don't remember what book it was, but it said um, that like leaders are just decision makers, and it said make a decision and then make that decision right for you. Right. Like even if it's wrong, it's just make it and right. make, make it right for you. Right, it's okay. Right, right. Like yeah. it is at least you made it. Of course, yeah. And so um and so that's I, I think that's something that I continue to learn. Yes. Like it's just something that like sure. you know what, like I'm hesitating, what if, you know, do we bring this person on? Do we need another person? Payroll's gonna be a little high. You know, how's cat how's how's that gonna affect cash flow? It's like just just make the decision. Right. Yes yeah. or no. Just yeah. just decide, because that mental anguish, that ping pong in your mind, is probably just weighing more than if, if you just said yes or no. Of course. You yeah. I mean? You're delaying either success or you know failure, and then the ability to fix the failure. Yep. Which which failure is not the op is not the opposite of success. Right. You know, quitting is the opposite of success. Right. 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 You will fail. Yes. You will mess yes. up. Royally. You, you you will waste money. We did it. It happens all the time. Yeah. Don't be scared of it. Don't be scared of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I feel like sometimes whenever we, and maybe it's ingrained in us, Lindsay, like whenever we get a test back from a teacher and there's like red on it, you know, hey, it's okay. Yeah. Le learn what, right. what, what mistakes did you make? Let's fix it and, and learn from it. And so I think there's this like, I don't know, negative connotation to like, you can't make a mistake. No, no. 
it's it's okay. Oh, you're gonna make as long as you learn from that. Right, it's inevitable, and I think those are the opportunities. the The best things that have happened for my business are for me to have made the mistakes, because then I've put systems and procedures in place that have prevented that mistake in the future. That have changed the way that I do something so we don't make that mistake, you know, in a different way. Um, and as long as you're going back and learning, and then I think also the next step is implementing things to think about doing it better, yeah. that's also critical. Because if you learn from it, but then you don't change anything, it'll just happen again and again. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, there's no way to grow without that. I yeah. mean, I think that's part of the, the growing pains. Um, there's never been a time in the business where we haven't been growing, where there hasn't been all kinds of mistakes, learning. I mean, it's, 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 growing, pains. Yeah, it's growing pains. It is, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a good thing because it helps you be better as a company. Um, so I try not to focus too much when we mess up. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, what do we learn? How do we make it better? Let's move on because anything, well. Anything that you learned from the 10 years of owning your own marketing firm, like that you made a mistake that can translate into anybody else's? Like, is there anything that comes to mind that maybe you're like, you know what, that wasn't good, but we adjusted and, you know, anything that comes to mind or no? Um, I never charged enough. Okay. And I think which which you know what it's a very good point, mm -hmm. you know like um, you know I, I think sometimes we undervalue what we can bring to the table right. and it's like well I don't know no listen if you bring enough value if you're good enough right people will pay yeah True? and it may be a numbers game because you may have connected with someone who doesn't have the funds to pay you yeah because they'll say that you're not expensive. So they either don't see your value or they can't afford you. It's it's one or the other. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's important to, um, to to really think about what your value is and not undervalue yourself. I think also learning about contract negotiations and what those things mean, that was a very good lesson for me. Unpack that. What do you mean? So um, all kinds of things. You know, um, I had. Um, you know, a contract, you know, in the beginning, I, I never made it where if they didn't pay, there wasn't some kind of issue. You Negative know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, you know, a penalty, you know, uh, you know, it would accrue 5%, you know. Um, so that was something that I learned. Okay. Um, also putting in things like that, I, if I did a good job, I wanted them to give me three recommendations or references to somebody else where I could get another job. So like small things like that over time where my initial contract was less than it probably should have been asking for and didn't have some of these things in place to either help me get ahead or yeah. help me not, you know, help me get paid. Um, that helped me. I like that. I like that. Okay. So 10 years, 10 years of a marketing company, Yep. any reflect, any reflecting back, you know, as far as like good, bad, you know, what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. I mean, I don't know anything, any, any, any reflecting on that business or that model or anything, anything that you learned there that maybe helped with Babe and Butcher? I think that I um, was a little too, I was too many things, you know what I mean? I was speaking and I think I, I was doing that more and more towards the end, um, but I was helping people in all different kinds of industries with all different kinds of problems. And although I was able to, to help them, um, it helped, it was hard for people to understand what my lane was. Gotcha. And so I think people often they'll start a business and they'll be a marketing company, but they won't have a focus because they'll be like, well, I'll take any business I can get. But the problem is then when, you know, if you do a, you know, a, a paper products company and then a catering company, well then how does someone, you know, why do it, why would I want to hire you if I own this kind of company? You know what gotcha. I mean? I want someone that has a lot of experience with food or a lot of experience with paper products or whatever it is. So I think staying in your own lane and focusing on what you're doing and being really good at whatever that is, yeah. is important because I think that I, 
spread myself too thin in an effort to try to get as much business as possible. Sure. And I think I could have gotten more business if I had focused more on a certain type of industry or a certain type of clientele. Um, so looking back, I think I would change that. Which that takes a lot of discipline. Like yeah. it, it's hard to say no. Of like, course. Like, like if somebody comes to you and it's like, hey, I want to pay you. Okay. You know what I mean? It's of just course. so, because we're so, I don't even, maybe it's ingrained in us to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. That you want to help or you want to take all, all, you know, I think, um, I think that's hard. Yes. You know what I mean? Is. I mean, even, even with our distribution paper company, I mean, we did a little bit of, um, and we still do a little bit of food like Splenda and just little, you know, portioning packs, but we had seasonings for a little while and we, we, we got gotten a little more than that. And so I, the sales guy was right. thinking like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, and then my cousin was like, man, we're not moving these items. You know, we're moving these items. I got to place another order with the manufacturer. Um, so now we got to bring more of everything. Right. But these items, you know, crushed red pepper wasn't moving. Right. You know, or, you know, you know, whatever, white pepper. And it's just, and it's just, you know, my cousin was like, listen, man, we need the space. We can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm cutting it out. Yep. And I was like, I, I was like, no, like I, my initial <laughs> yeah, reaction was, it hurts. no, yeah. yeah. But then I was like, you know what? Yeah. We're a paper company, man. Like, yeah. let, like we, I need to know everything about this business mm -hmm. bags to, I, I what am like, what am I doing? I'm not a food, I'm not a broadliner. I'm right. not like, why, yeah. you know? So at first I was not for getting rid of the seasoning, but then right, like right. the more I was like, you know what, you know, yeah, like. I, we, we, we probably stay away from that yeah. right? and we cut it out and it's, it's been a lot better. Of course. So I think in the beginning, people are just so excited to get clients yeah. and, and be like, I can get that for you. Even yeah. though that's not really what we do, yeah. I can do that. But I knew now people would say the same thing. They're like, can you make me a chicken cacciatore? And I'm like, yes, but that's not what we, you know what I mean? And then yeah. my, in my previous life, I would have said, sure. Yeah. And I would have become half a catering company, half a charcuterie company, and it wouldn't have worked as well. So I think, Staying in your own lane, but yeah. also saying no. You learn over time. Just say no. Say no to jobs. Say no to you know clients who where it's not going to fit. You know. I that's um, there's probably more wisdom in that than we even know. Honestly, right. like that that's. I mean, for any anybody out there, anybody that's in sales. I mean, any anybody. There's just certain customers you just don't need. Right. You just you, hey, listen. They're not paying on time. As much as you want the business, right? You know, it's not good for the company. It's not good for you, right? It's just, it's a, it's just, you know, anguish to just go and you know, it's like, man, you know, we need to get rid of that person. You know of what I mean? Course. Or X, Y, Z, whatever the is, or you know, don't accept the job. But um, okay, so how did Babe and Butcher? How did this concept, this idea? How, give us the the beginning stages of it. Okay, you know. Have you always been into cooking? Have you always been into, give, give us a little context. Okay. Um, I always like to cook, but uh, if you had told me I'd been a caterer 10 years ago, I'd said you were crazy. Five years ago, three years ago, I would have said you were crazy. Um, did it for friends and family, had a great time with it. Okay. But of course, when your grandma's like, you should do this, you're like, okay, grandma, sure. You know, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you know, I think what, your family and friends are always supportive of yes. whatever you're trying to do. Yes. Um, but we did something for the 24 Foundation. I don't know if you know them. They're a, no, a cancer navigation charity in Charlotte. Okay. Um, so I just catered because I wanted to do something nice for the team leads that were helping to raise money for cancer navigation. Okay. Um, and then it was when strangers were like, well, who catered? I want the catering company's number. And I was like, okay, well, so maybe like, this is something. That was the first? That like, was the first, like, non, 
family family friend situation where I just you know brought food to help you know what I mean and to um, what did help you with make? Charity. Do you remember? Do you remember what we just you brought? boards? Yeah, just different boards. And like, what was the the reaction was? Like wow! Like who? Yeah, they thought it was beautiful. They thought it was interesting. Um, they loved the presentation of it. Um, and so then I was like, maybe this is something. Maybe this is more than I than I thought. <laughs> Your business mind started right. Like, okay, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you know, then we. Um, the next thing was branding. That was critical to me. Okay. Because of my marketing background, of course, so I okay. knew if I didn't have a good logo, if I didn't have a good name that was very strong and very specific that we would have a harder time. When, when was this first event that you did, the, the, the cancer, when, um, do you remember how long ago that was? I think it was in 2018, like late in 2018. So end of 18. Yeah. Okay. You know, so and that's when the wheels started turning in 19 to try to figure out what we were going to do, what it was going to be called, okay. you know, that kind of stuff. All right. So how did Babe and Butcher, like, you know, give us, how did that name come about? Right. Well, I was trying to think of things that conveyed a couple because it's me and my other half. Okay. Um, you know, he's the numbers guy. He's, you know, sp he loves spreadsheets. I hate them. Like, I'm the creative. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to convey kind of the hard and softness of us in that way because, okay. um, you know, I liked something that had alliteration. Um, and then I knew I wanted something that was, you know, we always use flowers on our board. So I wanted something with a flower, I wanted something with a knife. Um, like a butcher knife to convey the, you know, the charcuterie aspect. And then um, Rob loved the idea of it being like a stamp, like a circle. Um, and I love that idea also. So um, it seemed to fit. People loved it. When we tried to ask people what they thought, you know, that was always the runaway hit. And it felt right from the moment. You know, I had 20 names. Every, you know, we was texting names to him, you know, Rob all the time. You know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Um, and that one was always what we came back to. Nice. Yeah. So uh, give everybody context on charcuterie boards. Now it's become really popular. Right. Right? Like 12, 24 months. Like, what do you think, like, ha you know, have been the... Yeah, I mean, the they've grown in popularity, emergence. I think, for a lot of reasons. Okay. I think, you know, the idea of going home and fixing this huge meal is not always appealing. You know what I mean? I think that there is joy in doing that, but not every single night. Yeah. Um, and I think people love the idea of just putting together a snack with a bunch of different things and being able to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it's fairly easy to put together, fairly easy to clean up. You know, there's a lot of appeal to it. Um, and with the growth of Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all that stuff, I think things are become food is becoming something that it can't just be food. It should be food that's beautiful. You know what I mean? Because people want to have like a visual experience in addition to, you know what I mean? I think that's why some of the other fast food chains, you know, they're having a harder time because some other chains are coming in like a Shake Shack or something like that where it's a cooler experience to come in and go. And the way that they present the food is cooler, you know, and visually more exciting. And I think that's what people want more of, you know, so I think they're having more success. Uh, from your marketing background, <clears throat> what do you think, you know, for maybe like the restaurant owners that are, that are listening to this, how much do you think people should be thinking about presentation, look, packaging? I mean, just out of, just from your perspective, because, because you're right. I mean, like, I mean, Instagram's not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, this stuff's not going anywhere. Like, yeah. so we may need to adjust and, and you know, not 
a complete 180. Right. But right, right. you may need to, you know, dial it in a little bit to make things a little more, you know, have a presence online, make things a little bit more, um, you know, photo centric. Right, right, right. Um, what do you think? 10%, 20%? I mean, how much do people take the time to actually, you know, add, I mean, because quality of food is probably still going to be number of course, one. Number one. All right. But there is probably a little percentage now that people should be thinking about how it looks on a plate the plate, the presentation. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts on that to the restaurant owners that are, cause that, that's kind of my, my field. Right, right, right. Restaurant owners, that's who I talk to every single day. Yep. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, every packaging thing, decision that we made was we agonized over it. It was, it was always a very thoughtful decision. You know, how do we want this to look? How do we continue to reinforce our brand? You know, our stickers are always round because our logo's round. Mm. You know what I mean? Our packaging is similar to what our boards look like. So we are constantly reinforcing our brand over and over and over again. Um, do not skimp on packaging. And that doesn't mean you have to have expensive packaging. You yeah. can have a you know fast casual product, um, but you need fun packaging in some way or another. You know what I mean? Something that it doesn't, you don't need, um, you know, a James Beard plate, you know, that looks, of course, that's amazing. But if you don't have a restaurant like that, you don't have to have that, but you have to have something that is fun to interact with in yeah. one way or another. Uh, and there's so many options for packaging that there's almost no excuse, but yeah. it does cost more money. Yep. It does take time to source it. Yep. You know, you may have to spend a little more money up front, but what people don't understand is if you, you know, there's a difference between like a cool cone that's a neon color and a styrofoam Yep. You know what I mean? And which one do you want to photograph more? Yep. Probably the neon cone. You know what yeah. I mean? And it can have the same stuff in it, same value, same, you know, same price, same, you know, amount of um, quality food, deliciousness, all that good stuff. Um, but the packaging is critical. Yep. Yeah. So call me. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, 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 it's a very good point. It's a very good point. You need to value your product, right? If it adds an extra 46 cents onto the price of the food, that's fine to work it in, increase it. Do what you have to do yes. to make sure it is a presentable product that you're happy with. Right. Right. And um, that money will come back. 100%. Yes. 100%. It's the same reason why, you know, like I, I, like I love this. Like I'm sure people take pictures of this, stay right. in front of this. Yep. And so there's things you can do to help market your business right. that costs money in the front end yes but will pay off of course it will yes like you know so um okay love it so in 18 cancer event right you're dropping off you know a couple boards people are flipping out who's doing this your brain starts working right list of names babe and butcher right okay get the LLC. how how okay so so how does it go from there start the actual business right and then we're, we're, how does that progress into um, starting to get clients, like how, how, how did that work? We opened up an Instagram account um, and I just started playing with food a lot, you know what I mean? Trying to make a couple different options, you know what I mean? Basically get my menu together, gotcha. what I was gonna offer um, and trying to take beautiful photographs and then place them in the right places, you know, place them on Instagram, you know, um, I place them in the Girl Tribe community page just to see how, what the response would be to our name, to what we were offering. Um, and that gave me a good indication we were on the right track because nice. people were excited about it, they wanted to know how to order. Um, so that was 
that, that told me that things were going good, yeah. you know? And I think the other thing is people love, they love the logo, they love the name, they would, t they would tell us. Instead of people being like, what do you think of the logo? People would tell you, you know what I mean? If they love your name or they love your brand, yeah. they will say, I love, I love your brand or I love your logo. Or I lo you know, they'll tell you, you don't have to tell them. Just listen. Just listen, mm. yeah. Um, and you know, it just snowballed from there. You know, we got a commercial kitchen and um, you know, I was overwhelmed doing two boards a day at one point, you know what I mean? And now we can do over 150 boards a day. So it's one of those things. boards a day? I mean, not every day, but, no, but you know. Like you can do that kind of volume? Yeah, we can do that kind of volume. Wow. So I mean, thinking about back then, yeah. being so stressed out about having a board to deliver at 11 and a board to deliver at five, Yeah. you know, that seems, it's laughable to me now, but that's how it was know, in the beginning, you know? I know, I know. Yeah. It's so funny you say that. I just found um, a notebook that I would write down like my monthly sales and a weekly sales and all that from 12 years ago. Okay. And it's wild what we, what we used to do sales-wise in a month. Right. I don't know what it is now. We may be doing two days. Right. Like it's crazy. <laughs> yes. And I was talking to him, like some of my staff, I'm like, can you believe these numbers? Like, I, yeah. I'm like, how did this, I don't know. It just, it's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool to, see a project or a business progress. Yes, yes. Um, you know, because it's your baby. Yeah, it, it is your it, baby. It really is, you know, yeah. so um, so Instagram, and just so you know, just, just so you know, I, I haven't told you this, but I have a catering company that I sell to in Huntersville mm -hmm. that um, maybe like a year ago was like considering doing charcuterie boards and you were the one that they loved. Aww. You know, so like they're not doing them, but like they, they were looking at them and because you know, COVID last year, of a lot course. of their I mean, uh, people have to pivot. Yeah, their 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 hospital. Most of it, their hospital is kind of their their business. Mm -hmm. You know, um, clinics, hospitals, drop off stuff like that. Um, and you were the one that, Aww. like, we were looking at like your website. You know, Facebook. And, like, they were like, dang, like, you know, this, like, the pictures. This looks so good. Like, you know, so. Um, so anyway, it, it shows that you're doing a great job. Oh, and, thank and, you. And people are noticing. So. Um, okay, so you get it up and going. Right. It's a lot. Yes. Two boards a day. What are some <laughs> things you learned that first little bit, that first three months, six months? Because now you're in a whole other, other industry. Whole other industry. You're not in it marketing, speaking. Life. Yeah. Yep. It's, um, well, I had a two-seater convertible, which was a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. Because I was thinking, well, I'll deliver a board once a week. Like, I didn't think, I thought I would do it, like, when I could, but I never thought it would have so so you thought for sure it was going to be like a little side. Yeah, side hustle, you know, something that I would kind of, you know, when it got slow with the speaking and consulting, you and can, then it, the opposite happened. It was so crazy that was I it? had like to. Was it like from the get? Um, it, I mean, it, it started small, and but it, it just kept getting busier and busier, you know, as things yeah, went yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was overwhelming because I was doing everything. You know, um, I was making the food, I was prepping the food, I was building the boards, I was delivering them, I was taking the orders, I was paying the bills. I mean, I was doing the social media. I mean, it's answering a lot. the emails. It was a lot. So I was very. The first year was very hard, very taxing. Um, <coughs> but I had to get it to a certain point where we were doing enough volume that I could hire people. One hundred percent. Um, so it, it can be painful that those, that first six months, that first year, um, to get to a point where you can need help, but you, you, you will feel it yeah. <laughs> when you need more help. Yeah. Sure. And, and you know, that's where understanding your business, 
having good cash flow, not siphoning too much money and taking it too early, right. putting it back into the company. Yes, yes. Um, that's what trips a lot of people up. I know, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there were months where I didn't pay myself for sure because I was constantly doing all kinds of things to try to help the business, whether, you know, it was buying a new kind of box or figuring out a, a best kind of bag or, you know, marketing, what, whatever it was. I was always trying to, you know, re-put it back into the business. Um, and I think then when you get to a certain point and then it's really important that you do take a paycheck because yep. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they're working so hard and then they don't ever take, you know what I mean? It's yep. like, well, what's the... Why are, why, are you you work, why are you doing it? Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to get to that point. Yep. So I like that. Okay. Um, so anything else that you've learned the first three years about the industry, boards, or anything like that? I mean, just the business, um, um, hiring people, finding the right people, building out a team, finding a retail location. Like, what, what did you learn from all of that? Anything, any... any... So I think that, um, you know, I found that you had to, again, stay in your own lane. So I was doing all this delivering. All, everyone I knew was helping me deliver, and my parents were there to help me deliver. And my mom said, you know, you're not in the delivery business, Lindsay. And I was like, oh, I need to find a solution to this mm. problem. You know what I mean? I need to hire drivers. I need to figure out a way to get back in the kitchen and do what I do. You know what I mean? That's a good point. So I was getting caught up in that. You know what I mean? Um, and so that was an important lesson. Um, you know, I hired someone to be my delivery driver and, you know, she was great, you know, and then she stayed and she was head of production and then she was great at baking. So then she became head of production and baking. Um, and we promoted her four or five times within a two year period because she was just so great. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and um, so I think, you know, sometimes you may hire someone and think that they're good at one thing and then find that they have all of this other value. So I think that's important to be open-minded. I try to figure out what people people's strengths are and put them where they want to be, you know what yeah. I mean? So if they have a creative eye to help them more with me with catering, with building the boards, with marketing. Um, and then there are people that are great at production. I mean, Matt is great at running the kitchen. He, you know, loves bossing everybody around and figuring out the production schedule <laughs> and what, what things should what things should be sliced. And I he's like great that. at that. He doesn't he doesn't love the creative part. He hates decorating anything. He's like, no, I don't want to do it. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. You know, now I've learned his strengths and I, I try to put him into whatever he's best at and really try to take away some of the things that they don't like or aren't as good at because they'll be happier in their jobs, obviously. Yep. Um, you know, the retail space came out of COVID. You know, we pivoted and we started doing these small boxes. We always wanted to do them, but we found that there was, um, you know, a need for something that was smaller that could be delivered that was, you know, no one was having events. Yeah. Um, and then I want to do something different that no one else was doing because um, there's a lot of cheese shops, a lot of great cheese shops, you know, um, but we want to do something else that set us apart that was a different experience. And I think that's where this all came from. We picked Camp North End because it's super creative. Um, there's all kinds of artists, you know, and murals and all kinds of things happening. You know, there's a very creative space. So I felt very inspired here all the time. Um, and I like that it was a developing area because I felt like we're a developing business. You know yeah. what I mean? We couldn't afford South End rent. You know what yeah, I mean? We weren't yeah, yeah, in that point. You know yep. what I mean? We're, we're still super young in our, you know, how old we are and, and where we're going. So we had to pick a place that was also in transition and, you know, you know, kind of making its way and figuring it out. And I think um, Camp North End is creating something super special. Um, and so we're happy to be here and, you know, we have great neighbors and impressively, you know, creative and accomplished neighbors. And I think that's also inspiring. Um, 
let me see, what, are, what else have I learned? Um, I think, um, you know, we talked about decision making. Yep. Um, I, think, I think one thing to, to add on to what you're saying, the one thing that I've learned the last few years is uh, what you said about putting people in the right positions, you know, and actually just assembling the right team. Because mm-hmm. um, we can only do so much. Right. That's yeah. it. Like, yeah. if you want to scale, if you want yes. to do any, you're going to have to delegate, you're going to have to give people responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and just find the right people and then put them in those positions to flourish and and, right. and do what they do. And there's another thing. When you find good people, don't let them go. Right, right, right. Like, man, like you got to, you know, um, I mean, obviously, you know, like let them do whatever they want to do. You right. know, if, if they have any opportunities, great, awesome, right, right. do you. But if you can help it. Yeah, of course. You just got to keep keep good people. No, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to figure out um, the kind of culture that you want to have, the kind of team that you want to have. You know, um, we're a super collaborative environment. You know what I mean? It's not what I say goes and that's it. You know, I want to hear what they think. I want their idea. They have a lot of great, they have a lot, sometimes way better ideas than me, which is great. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm also okay with letting them have some more responsibility, like you said, in certain areas. And you cannot be a one man band and grow. You can't. Yeah. You're going to suffer. Your business will suffer. You won't make the kind of money you want to make yep. if you don't start expanding. And I think that's also an issue that people make. They have a hard time hiring anyone, even part-time, because they worry about it taking money out of their pocket. Yep. But then they just stay a solo solopreneur, um, which for some people, it, it works perfectly. Sure. But if you want to get to another level, you have to, like you said, delegate, hire people, You know, get people in to help. And everybody that works for me does a lot of other things way better than I do. So that's the other thing. If I'm terrible at something, I want to hire someone to do that because I know, I know, like I said earlier, knowing my weaknesses, do this, you do it way better than I could. You know, you're, you're really talented at it. I'm good at this. I'm good at macro, like detail oriented stuff. The rest of the staff is so great. You know, they, they know specific, they, they know all the specifics. I am all high level. How are we going to grow? Like what's our next step? You know, collaborations, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so I try to really, um, have them do that stuff because they're great at it. Um, and, uh, the other thing that I would say is that, um, I think that the company has, um, grown because we've worked with other small businesses Mm. and helped each other, you know, in a lot of ways. We try to refer as many people as we can. Um, We try to do, you know, we did something with a batch maker with her birthday cake and our macaroons for a birthday box. Um, You know, we work with, um, you know, Confetti Castle and Proper Flower and other event vendors because we want to help each other. We want, you know, we were all kind of coming up at the same time and wanted to help each other grow. And so we were constantly trying to figure out ways where we could support each other. So I feel like find some other businesses. They don't even have to do doing what you're doing and figure out how you can work together, how you can help each other. Um, And then the other thing that I think is super important is from us from the start, you know, is to give back, is to find ways to give back in all kinds of ways. You know what I mean? Whether it's donations, whether it's volunteering, um, I think that's a big part, because Charlotte's been really good to us. So like a big part of our company ethos is to try to figure out constantly, what can we do for Charlotte? Because Charlotte's done a lot for us. Sure, I love that. I love that, and uh, um, that was really good. Really good, and and, you know, um, gosh, I was gonna say something and it left my mind, but, Yes, love that. Um, good stuff. So um, here's here's a fun question, and we'll wrap up. 
What is your favorite charcuterie board? Oh what, boy. What do you enjoy making or what do you enjoy eating yourself? Like Got what it. you know, what are what are some of uh, Babe and Butcher Lindsay's favorites Favorite when things. it comes to yeah, anything okay. any of your favorites? Um you know, I love all the fun ones, you know, the candies and that kind of stuff, but I love the classic meat and cheese. You know, okay. I'm Italian, so I love all of that stuff. You know, um, never met a cheese I didn't like, never met a meat I didn't like. Um, and I think part of the fun is constantly trying to find new cheeses, make new cheeses, um, find new products that I think would be interesting. Um, and so that's my favorite one to make, probably my favorite one to eat too. What is the sure. coolest one you've made? Or the like off the wall, like most, anything like random that somebody asked you to do? Um, we so did a candy, like a huge Candyland grazing table. That was different and fun for sure. Um, so like any kind of candy? Like what, what, what was that? Um, yeah, I mean, it would. we tried to make it look like Candyland. So it was, you know, super colorful. Like the all, game candy. Yeah, land. the game Candyland. Yeah, so, so for you all know, you guys that are under feet. 30, you probably have <laughs> probably no, no idea, idea what, what Candyland is. is. <laughs> We remember because we, we used to we play. We remember, <laughs> yeah, yep, back in the day. So, so that was probably one of my favorites for candy. sure. Candy, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? You know, just start. Keep just going. Just, just keep going. Ask questions. Try to reach out to as many people and take their advice. That's good. Take their advice. Really listen. And if multiple people are telling you the same thing, it probably means you need to listen to them. And even though it's hard... And you're like, mm, you may, you know, you don't have to listen to everybody, yeah. but you know, if you hear the same thing over and over again, like maybe you should look at this or maybe you should do that. Yeah. That's, that's a sign that people see things that you can't, you know? And so it's good to get out of your own way for sure. Yeah. What, what I was going to say, it came back to me. Um, but you know, I, I want to say I, I either read it or listened to listened to this on a podcast, but somebody said, um, that they saw this very successful, I'd be like billionaire that was like seemed kind of dumb, like was like, wow, how is this guy like <laughs> as successful as he is? And somebody asked him, I was like, hey, listen, man, you know, like, no, no disrespect, but like, like, how did you make it? Like, how did you? And he's like, it's very simple. I just hire the, I hire smarter people than me. Yeah. And I was like, what, like, what a profound statement. He's mm -hmm. like, I just hire what I'm not good at. Right. And um, so you, you, were, you were talking about like, you know, not details, which is that, that is totally me. Like I'm just, you know, we have a, a secretary, um, Sally, that we hired on January will be six years ago and she changed the game for us. Right. Like we were just like gung ho, like hundreds of customers. Okay, just go, go. And like, she's like, hold on. Like we got to dial in the books. Right. right. We got to have like P and L statements. We got to have like, <laughs> and I was like, what? what? Yeah, <laughs> I know. And so anyway, it's just to this day, um, just, it's you got to put the right people in yes. in, in the company mm -hmm. to, to help you because yeah, if you don't it's going to limit your growth it'll stunt your growth you know you will plateau and max out at certain at some at some point yep for so, sure um Lindsay, thank happy you happy sally thank yeah, you. i came into your life yes yes <laughs> so uh episode 17 season two Babe and Butcher, if you have not followed, what platforms are you on? Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all that good stuff. Follow them. Follow them. Look for them. If you're in the Charlotte or suburbs and you have an event, a party, a get-together, uh, a catering, anything, that, and you want some boards, you know, call up here. Do you have a menu online or how do they just, mm -hmm. just call yep. up here? You can call up or you can order online. We deliver. You can pick up. Plenty of options. Yeah. Come visit them. Um, absolutely amazing uh, ownership and uh, and business. And um, appreciate you guys listening. And we'll see you guys in the ne next episode. Thank you.
the restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply.